Well, like I said, I am thrilled to be here in person, live with you, I'll be honest. I have enjoyed Pastor Jeff over the last 12 weeks. It's been amazing. Many of you have been joining us online. I've enjoyed hosting uh, online on Facebook. Uh, some of you were in there and in the chat, and that was great, and that was well, but I'll be honest. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, I've missed this right here, being here with you. Uh, I have told the team already, it will be a, you were about to witness a miracle of God because we're really working on tightening up our message and, and I told it and just our time and transitions and I told them, look, I'm going to be done in an hour and a half. So this is going to be a miracle of God. Okay, not really, but you know, it, uh, you know, listen. You get, I've been pent up for 12 weeks, man. I got something to say, you know. I got to be careful. But no, it's been great. Uh, and, and as I've been thinking about you, praying for you, and oftentimes uh, through the course of a year, um, you know, this was actually something that was on our heart to share when everything happened, COVID-19. Obviously, Faith Seeds was so uh, important in that moment. The things that Pastor Jeff shared, the truth, the way it helped all of our perspective. I say it all the time, perspective is powerful. How you see, if you don't see see something correctly, you won't respond to it correctly. And so just having uh, faith be dictating what and, and how we see what's going on in the world, especially during shelter in place, COVID-19 was so important, letting faith be that anchor. But I think what we're about to go into over the next few weeks is so important. Because really what we're about to talk about really helps us, and in this season that we're in right now, of getting our eyes off of ourselves. Not, not looking from our own vantage point, but getting our eyes off of ourselves. And, and the truth is, what I want to share with you over the next few weeks, I think is really going to help you in the season of life you're in. Not just simply, I'm not just talking about what we prayed about and what's going on in the world today. It may help there, but this is going to be something that I think helps you sustainably as you begin to make a difference and go, what does it look like? to discover my design. And, and the truth is, a lot of the conversations that I've had during this shelter-in-place season, and even recently over the last week, and, and what do I do, and how do I make a difference, and what does it look like today and tomorrow, and for, for, for the, the days to come, I think that as we look at this, this is really going to help us. I want you to open up your Bibles to Romans chapter 12. And I, I just prayed out of Romans chapter 12. I would encourage you, read the whole chapter. It's powerful. It's a powerful chapter. There's so much in there. There's so many things. And, and the first part of this, we're going to start in verse 3, Romans 12, verse 3. And we're going to look at this idea of what it looks like to discover our design. Well, what does that mean? What, what, what are we going to be unpacking over the next few weeks? What are we going to be looking at? And what are we going to be working on? And, and we're, going to, we're going to look at how did God design us? And, and what are the things that He's given for us to do? Uh, what does it look like for me, like I said, to make a difference? And, and what are the things that, that, that I can do to not only discover my design, but then actually live it out? I started thinking about uh, just some different thoughts and phrases when I think about discovering your design. And, and one of the thoughts I, th I thought of was, was this, is uh, a fish out of water. How many of you have ever seen a fish out of water? Funny story, we've had a couple of beta fish for my girls, and uh, Camden, Willow, and Meadow, nine, seven, five, first pet, fish, no problem, five buck, pet smart, you know, 
Good thing is they all kind of look alike because if a fish gets out of water, it what? It dies, right? And then when it dies, okay, guess what? Thank God those beta all kind of look alike. You know, you just go get another one at PetSmart. I mean, don't, ju- don't look at me like you've never done that. Don't judge me, okay? There's been a time or two where maybe a fish has kind of gotten out. But, but how many of you, when you think about people, you think about, man, they just look like a fish out of water. Now, I, I want to give you an example. I, this breaks down. I know that whales are mammals. They're not fish. But when I think about this, how many of you have ever seen something like this? Like you've seen a beached whale, and it's out of water, and it's in pain. And they're, they're, it's like people will surround this whale, and, and for hours or for days, they're doing everything they can to get this whale that is not in its proper habitat into its proper habitat into the area that it was designed for. And then, when you get it into the water, all of a sudden you have this beautiful, magnificent creature doing what it was designed to do in all its beauty. I don't know if you've ever had an opportunity to see whales. On, on our honeymoon, we, we took an Alaskan cruise. Wendy loves uh, whales. And so, the one time there was a whale sighting, she was in the spa. I was on the deck, and I got to see the whale. She missed out about it, but I told her all about it. I loved it, but it's beautiful when you begin to see these creatures. You see, there's nothing more frustrating than seeing someone that is like a fish out of water, not operating in their design. And the truth is, honestly, this this whole series, Discover Your Design, it really dials into kind of even how I'm wired. At heart, I mean, I'm a pastor, I lead people, but at heart, I'm a coach. I love coaching people, I love walking with people, I love helping them discover their design, walk in the fullness. I want to see you win. I, love, I get fired up about that. That's how I'm wired. That's the design that I discovered along the way. Now, I can communicate. So for a season, I thought, well, you know, maybe I just need to get up on stage and just talk and preach and be funny, and sometimes it's a comedy show, and sometimes it's actually really good content, you know, and somewhere it's in between, you know, but it's, it's like, that isn't actually the sole context of who I am. At the end of the day, I began to realize that the design and how God made me, actually, the greater impact was when I wasn't on this platform, and I'm sitting across the seat from someone, or a chair, or having coffee, and helping them discover their design. The same is true for you. There is a design in which God wired you for, how He created you, how He fashioned you, and the goal is to see you begin to discover those things. So what are we going to do? Here's the thing, is we're going to dig a little deeper. Because sometimes things aren't always what they see, right? They aren't always what they see. Because I'm going to show you a picture right here. This picture, I'm not going to lie, I love sweets. I, lo- I, I kid you not, and look, give me all the sweets. I told you before, I've got an inner problem, okay? And COVID-19 could have been real bad for me if I wasn't careful, because I would have eaten all the sweets, okay? You'd have been like... I would have been back and been like, Pastor Chris, did you get stung by a bee? What happened to you? You know, because look, give me the pies, give me the cakes, give me that bluebell God-given ice cream. Mm, mm, mm. Come on. Don't look at me like you didn't have any bluebell ice cream over shelter in place, okay? These cookies, I mean, you look at something like that, that's amazing. Now, talking to Petco, when you walk in there, here's the problem. They got things like this at Petco, but you know what? They're not cookies for you and me. You know who they're for? They're for your dog. They got dog treats that look that good. And if you're not real careful, you may pick up one of these things thinking it's a sweet treat and realize that's for your dog. Because sometimes you got to dig a little deeper. What's the point? The point is this. Sometimes things aren't always what they seem. 
Sometimes you're looking at your life and things aren't always, it's not always what you think it is. It's not always what it seems. And so we're going to dig a little bit deeper to begin to discover your design. Now we're going to look at Romans, but here's what I want you to understand. Is that this is a biblical pattern of design and God using people. You go all the way to Genesis. In the book of Genesis, God is an intentional designer. He fashioned and created people. And they are unique. And people come from all different areas and have all different backgrounds. And all different races and experiences. And they're frail and they're broken. And at times even full of sin. And yet God used them. You look at Joseph and Moses and David and Esther. All of these different individuals all with a different background all with a different experience yet uniquely designed by God Joel says that he will pour out his spirit on all the people right we just celebrated Pentecost last week the spirit of God being poured out on all people why so they may walk in the fullness and in the unique design I love that word unique I didn't love it as much until I moved here because if you know anything about McKinney McKinney is Unique by what? Nature. God designed this and you being planted and positioned here for a unique purpose and unique reason. Even with what is going on in society today, what we prayed about earlier. Can I tell you something? It's no mistake. You were put right here on the history and the timeline right here for such a time as this. There is a unique design that you have. There's a unique way. Then look to the New Testament. Jesus was the same way. He took all these different individuals. You had Matthew, a tax collector. Luke, who many said, theologians say he had a kind of a medical background. You got fishermen, you know, who if you study anything about the trade of the time, they were fishermen because at that time when you went to get educated, they didn't make the cut. They didn't get to the next level of education as a young, good Jewish boy, so they sent him home to go pick up their father's trade. She got a whole gamut of being even the people that Jesus had, all different, all unique, all bringing something together. And then we look at Romans. We look at the words of Paul, and Romans is a rich, rich, rich book. And Romans is massive because what happens is Paul actually wanted to visit the church at the time, but he wasn't able to. So he wrote a letter. And this is the letter in which he wrote. And as you track through Romans, the first part of Romans, you got Romans 5, and it's all about God's, all of Romans, but you have Romans 5, it's about God's love. Right? And his love for us, even as, as we're still sinners. And then Romans 8, he loves us no matter the circumstance or the situation. He works all things out for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. Can I tell you something? If the season of life you're in and the circumstance and situation you're in, if it's not good yet, God's not done yet because he loves you and he's still working. He's doing 10,000 things on your behalf and you may be aware of three of them. Okay, So he's always moving and he's always working, but in, in verse 12... He changes things. He, he, he makes a turn. He adjusts. And he goes, listen, now you understand God's love for you, but now I want you to understand how you need to live that out. Now that you've experienced God's love, now that you see God's love, now that you have received God's love, now I want you to see what it looks like for you to live that out. And here's what it says, Starting in verse 3, Romans chapter 12. For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought. It doesn't say you shouldn't think highly of yourself. Don't think more highly of yourself. Okay, I, I represent 
that remark, okay? I, I, I reflect that remark. I, I've got to be, okay, you know, I think, don't think more highly of yourself than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment. Sober judgment. And in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you, so there's a grace and a faith that He's given to what? Each of you. There's this distribution of grace gifts, this distribution that He's given each one of us uniquely, intentionally, personally. For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function. So in Christ, though many form one body, and each member belongs to all the others, we have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. How many of you know we are all designed differently? If you've been married longer than two weeks, you know that, right? How many of you go, man, I, you, know, you're, you know, you're dating and you're engaged, and you're like, you're awesome. And you know, you know there's things you're going to discover along the way, right? You know, but then you're like, man, I didn't, I didn't realize it about you. Like, I am like, Wendy and I, I kid you not, those of you who know us well, we're like polar opposite. Wendy is the party in the bag. She's like, let's be spontaneous. Let's do. I don't know if I'm so much a planner, but I'm like, I got a, I got a goal. I got something in place. I'm a, I'm a driver. I'm going to take the hill. Let's go, 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 go. Wendy's like, ease up. You know, I remember early on in marriage, okay, if you're young and married, don't take this. This is, this is terrible example but i'm just telling you you know i'd be like you know okay you know like uh, you know john you know every every limb that's that's cut off you know it bears more fruit every or you know you get rid of it and everyone that's pruned it you know so i'm just pruning my wife she's a garden i'm gonna prune it you know, boy i was on one day you need to do this you need to do that you shouldn't do that and she said babe can i just tell you something hold on that's fine. I'm down with the pruning. But you getting up in here like Edward Scissorhands, cutting stuff don't need to be cut, pruning stuff don't need to be pruned. Slow down, big boy, okay? Because I'm like, let's just go. Let's get it. We're all different. If you've been married any amount of time, you've been in any kind of context of relationship, and you probably know this more than ever now that you've been sheltering in place for the last 12 weeks, you know? You've been with those you love the most real close. You're like, man, you know? I mean, I knew that about you, but I didn't know that about you, okay? And it, we're all different. Same is true in the body of Christ. Same is true in the church. We're all different, and there's a different gift each of you have sitting in here. There's a different thing that you add to the body, and it functions together as a whole. You see, this is what I want you to get. This is what I want you to understand. You're designed with gifts from God. I think sometimes we know that. We, we believe that, but here's what I want you to also get. And you can discover them. It's not just about knowing, okay, I have this gift, but like, okay, where do I find it? Like, do I lose it? Is it like a treasure I need to go? Is there a map somewhere? Do I, you know, follow the yellow brick road? What? Where does it come from? Where did, how come? Because what happens is we get dialed into comparing ourselves to other people's gifts. You get dialed into looking at gifts that may be more outgoing or a little more obvious or a little more vocal, and you may not have that kind of gift, but what did Paul say in Romans? All the gifts are different. And they all play a part. And they're all needed. And God distributed them. And so what happens is you start comparing and you don't even realize, hold on, I need to discover my gift. You see, here's what I've learned over 23 years of marriage, of, uh, or 23 years of ministry, and walking with people, leading people, pastoring people. People are going to do what they want to do at the end of the day. Okay? That's one. But the second thing is this, of just walking with people. Since 19 years old, leading and walking with people in full-time ministry, 
is that you cannot separate, the, you need to discover and develop and build that gift, but it's not mutually exclusive from what God is wanting to do inside of you as well. You see, God has given each of you a gift. We all have gifts. And the gift of God is irrevocable. But your gift that you receive does not translate into spiritual maturity. Spiritual maturity is a result of the fruit of the Spirit. So it's the fruit of the Spirit leading the gift of the Spirit that allows the gift to then be portrayed and played out in a godly way. When there's a lack of the fruit of the Spirit, you may be real gifted. See, you may have spent a lot of time honing your gift. You got all these gifts. You do all these things. But what you begin to realize, wait, I'm lacking a little love and patience and kindness and gentleness and goodness and faithfulness and self-control and go all... You may be lacking those things because gifts of the Spirit it is not a result of spiritual maturity. It's really the fruit of the Spirit. Because at the end of the day, my fulfillment and my self-worth is not being on this platform teaching or leading a team, building a campus, this, that, and the other. At the end of the day, it comes down to who am I becoming? What is God doing in me? Heaven forbid I can preach a great message, I can lead a great team, I can build a great whatever, but at the end of the day, I'm dying on the inside. What is God doing in me? It's not about what I do, it's about who I'm becoming in Christ. So, so what does that look like? What do we do? What begins to happen as we discover our design? What, what do we discover about ourselves? Well, here's the first thing. When you discover your gift, you find your kingdom motivation. Kingdom motivation. You go, well, okay, how does that translate? What are you talking about, Pastor Chris? What, what does this have to do with anything? You have to understand that from the very beginning, there is a kingdom agenda, there is something that God has in store. Can I tell you something? The early church had a goal. There was something they were moving towards, okay? Jesus, the disciples didn't know, although he told them in different ways, he had a goal. There was something he was moving towards. There is a kingdom agenda. And what happens is this, is you get your design, you get your gifts, you get your purpose, and you have his kingdom, but there's something in the middle that really connects the two, and it's called motivation. What's the motivation? What's the driver? It's got to be kingdom. It's got to be kingdom. It's not my self-promotion. It's not my, you know, and, and again, you may even go, well, I mean, this is where it's hard. It's confusing. I'm not trying to promote myself. I'm not trying to do these things. How do I do that? Sometimes it goes back to what I talked about earlier. It's the comparison. I remember a young leader having a conversation. This young man, he is talented. He is gifted. He's musically inclined. He can do all these things. I remember sitting down with him, and here's the thing is every time, I just watch and observe. Every time we'd have a fall retreat, like our retreats that we do, and every time we do uh, Battle of the Sexes, our spring retreat, when we're in youth group, things like that. You want to know what this guy was always doing? He was always wanting to lead small groups, and the truth was he was an amazing small group leader. As good of a musician he as he was, he was an amazing small group leader, but here's what happens is there's this gift that's a little more external, and he thought, man, but that's what I need to do, and it's not that he doesn't do those things. I said, can I tell you something? I just turned it on him. I said, I don't think you're a musician that's just willing to be a part and help lead small groups. I think you're a builder and a mentor of young men who just happens to play an instrument. And it was when that happened, boom, the light bulb went off. You want to know why? Because he found his kingdom motivation. His kingdom motivation wasn't playing chords and notes, although he can do it and he does it for the Lord. 
His kingdom motivation was developing and building people. Then what happens is playing music and all those other things, they just simply become a platform and a way in which he does that because there's a kingdom motivation. Here's the second thing you begin to discover when you discover your design. You realize this, that it gets molded in the body. This is what Romans 12 was about. You are part of something bigger. You are molded in the body. You know, it's amazing. Everyone, again, everyone's pacing at a different pace, different way during this shelter in place and COVID-19. And maybe you've heard things or you've read things or you've seen things. I know I have as I listen and I learn that, you know, well, church is just going to be all online. Everyone's going to go online. Can I tell you something? COVID-19 didn't change the Bible. Okay? God ain't surprised by COVID-19. Do we need to be wise? Do we need to sanitize our hands? Yeah, well, I mean, we got masks, we got sanitizer. We're trying to be as, as cautious as possible, all of those things. But it didn't change the Bible. Romans 12, you're going to gather together because when you're together as a body, can I tell you what happens? It gets molded. The gift in you gets molded. It's, it's iron sharpens iron. It's the rubbing on. It's the grace, the same grace you need, the same grace you give because you start seeing the gifts in each person and you start seeing the way each person is built and designed. But what begins to happen is we have this negative experience and we begin to devalue our gifts. That's why we run from the body. See, what happens is we run from the body because we had a negative experience and what the enemy is trying to do is get you to devalue your gift because of your experience. I'll give you an example. We begin to devalue our gifts when there is hurt or relational barriers. You go, well, you know, man, because here's the thing, I tell people all the time, you know, again, I, I, as a young leader, I have a leadership gift on me, and so the, it's a spiritual gift to lead, but I can remember, I was probably about 20 years old, my pastor, I've shared this story with you before, my pastor sat me down and said, do you know what the word contentious means? I said, no. He said, look it up. That's what you are. I was like, thank you, man. I have another, you know. Bossy, argumentative, my way, the highway. You know, you know what? He was right. You want to know why I was that way? Because I was a leader, but I was an unsanctified leader. You don't need to change who you are, but you may need to sanctify who you are. Because if, if you've got a real gift of encouragement and you're not sanctified, you know what? You probably flatter too much. You probably talk more than you should. And you need to listen maybe a little bit more. If you're a leader like me, maybe you're a little my way, the highway, drive, 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 go, go, go. Doesn't mean you don't need to be a leader. Guess what? You need the fruit of the Spirit to help you sanctify the gift that He gave you so you're not a mean person. There's children in here. And thank God my pastor told me that because you know what? Who wants to follow a leader that's bossy, argumentative, my way or the highway, doesn't develop people? And you know what would have happened? What did I just get done telling you as I grow, have grown in serving the Lord for 23 years? What really my design is, it's coaching and helping other people? I would have missed it. That's how the enemy works. But that only happens when it's molded in the body. But you're hurt, so you pull away. Or, or maybe there's a lack of confidence. Or, or there's limitations of your personality or limitations of, your, of opportunity. You go, well, I just don't have an opportunity. There's not an area for me. So you pull back and you devalue your gifts. Can I tell you something? You're only going to have that molded when you're in the body. That's what Paul's saying in Romans 12. You discover your design when you realize you're part of something bigger. And then here's the third thing. It's multiplied through relationships. It's multiplied through relationships. 
There's a multiplication of your gift that happens. I'm going to tell you a story about a woman named Sarah. Now, Sarah is amazing. I met Sarah when I was overseeing all of our next gen. So it's basically, as I like to affectionately call it, cradle to college. Okay, that's a lot of ministries at our Keller campus. So you got a lot of departments, and all of them have different needs and responsibilities. Well, our kids team, they have a massive undertaking. We had a massive undertaking when we were moving into our new building in Keller at 201. Check-in was one of them. And you start going, okay, we're going to have all of these families. How do we make it efficient so it doesn't feel like they're standing in line waiting forever? No one wants to feel that. And so Sarah came along. Sarah, just a volunteer, went through 301, our Next Steps class, became a member. She discovered her design. She's like, I got an administrative gift. And can I tell you something? Some of you in here have an administrative gift. It goes back to what I said earlier. You, you can devalue your gift. Sarah could have easily done that. Well, I'm not outgoing, and I'm not real vocal, and I'm not charismatic, and I'm not all these things. So maybe I don't have a place in the church. No, no, no. You definitely do. And so she started serving, and initially she started serving in our growth track area to help really create the platform that best serves you on a regular basis when it comes to growth track and 101, 201, and 301. And then she started serving in our kids area and helping it more, become more efficient when it came to kids check-in and all of these things. Well, she, she came to, to one of the, the ladies on our team and said, can I, can I you know, I, I, I got this gift for spreadsheets. Like, thank God for spreadsheets. I mean, how many of you know administrative people? Thank God for people like that. You go in their house, like, their closet's color-coordinated. They got baskets for everything. Everything's labeled. Thank God, you know. Now, I'm not quite that. I like that. I'm not quite that bad. You know, Wendy, again, how many of you know your gifts are different? Wendy has a gift of piles, right? You got a pile here, pile here, pile there. I'm like, but, you know, we, I'm going to just start throwing piles away, okay? You know, what's going on? And so Sarah said, let me help. I think I can make this process better. And so she did. And then COVID-19 happened. And can I tell you something? She had actually created the platform that allowed us to literally serve thousands of people. If any of you at any point watched online, you text, guest, give, pray, meet Jesus, whatever it was, and then you got a call or a message or a text, can I tell you something? She created the platform that helped us serve thousands of people over the last 12 weeks. She's not on staff. She's got a gift. She's a volunteer. And she could have taken her gift and done all sorts of other things, but she didn't. She found a kingdom motivation. She built a platform. And what happens is when you get up in the body and it gets molded and people start seeing things in you and they start calling things out you don't even recognize. And then all of a sudden you start activating it. It's like I like to say, you just kind of grow as you go. You don't have to be perfect. Just get after it. Start doing something. What happens is then it gets multiplied and it has a massive kingdom impact but see here's what the enemy wants to do he wants to get you myopic and mad he wants to get you frustrated and hurt and offended and isolated because what he does is the enemy attacks you where your gift is if you're an encourager he gets you discouraged and you're like oh, i'm just not going to encourage anyone so not only do you miss out because you're discouraged but everyone else that god has put across your path because here's the unique thing about the gifts of God, the gifts of the Spirit, it's not for you. Unlike a gift that you get for your birthday or for Christmas that you get to keep because it's yours, when God gives you a gift, it's so that you can give it away. If you're an influencer, you become jaded and you're like, well, I don't, I'm not going to influence for the kingdom or this, that, and the other because you've been hurt and wounded. And so you become jaded and you, you withdraw. If you're a teacher, right, 
You become very isolated and instead of sharing and teaching and making things very plain and simple for people to understand when it comes to the kingdom and when it comes to the word, you go, ah, no, 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 because of the things that you've experienced. That's how the enemy works. He wants to attack your gift. I want to share one last story with you and then I'm going to pray for you. You know, during COVID-19, we had, you know, there's so many people, especially early on, that were in need and when, when resources were hard to get to, when it was hard to get resources, people were desperate. And thank God for the gener- generosity of you as Milestone Church. We were able to, to, to leverage getting some resources and then also use those to bless other people. But then also leverage the generosity that many of you have in your own heart. And just said, here's some people in need. If you'd like to put a care package together, then go for it. And many of you did that. And I remember texting one couple and I texted Gus and Carla, and I said, here's what we're doing. Here's how we want to leverage people and just give you an opportunity to serve. And he said, Pastor, I'm ready. I, I, I'm all about it. Amen. He said, actually, we've already been doing that. And I said, why am I not surprised? <laughs> there was a single mom in our neighborhood that we found out about, just happenstance on Facebook. And so we started putting a care package together, and we blessed her and her family and her kids. And then there was a man who texted in and was actually in Richardson, which is closer to us than Keller is. So we took it. We said, we'll take it. Gus said, I'll take it. Gus showed up with not only food for the man, that big old bagger, that's dog chow. He got food for his dog, took him a closer book, prayed with him because he accepted Jesus. Why? Because that's a gift inside of Gus. So I want to pray for you today. And what I'm, I'm asking you is as we pray and as we go on this journey, you're going to discover your gift. You're going to learn more about you and how God made you and how he wired you. And you're going to learn how to activate the gift that he's created inside of you. But, but I want you to dig a little deeper. God, what's my kingdom motivation? God, I want to engage in the body so that I can, I can see that gift molded for your purpose and for your kingdom. God, I, I want to activate it. I want to grow as I go so that I can see that gift multiplied. And I can be like Sarah, or I can be like Gus, and I can be like Carla, and I can see those things begin to make a massive kingdom impact. I'm going to ask you to close your eyes and bow your head. You may be in here today, and you may be far from God. I think of Peter... Jesus asked Peter, Peter, who do you say I am? And Peter said, you're the Lord, the son of the living God. Jesus said, you're right, and you are Peter, the rock I'll build my church on. You see, you won't know who you are until you first know who Jesus is. And you may be in here today, you may be far from God. You don't know Jesus. Just simply pray as you're seated there to yourself, Jesus, I surrender my life to you today. I want to discover and know you as my personal Lord and Savior that that I in turn then may be able to discover my design and what you've created me for. And so today, I turn away from sin and I surrender my life to you and ask you to be my Lord and Savior. You may be in here today and you're going, Pastor Chris, I I, kind of know what I'm wired for. I kind of know how God's created me, but I, I want to learn more. I want to keep digging deeper. And here's my prayer for you. Jesus, I pray for each one of us that we would just continue to dig deeper. God, you uh, are intentional in how you've designed us and how you've created us. And so I pray in the name of Jesus that you would continue to help us to discover 
what that is, that we may activate our kingdom motivation. In Jesus' name, amen.